Hey guys, welcome back. It's Chris Bircher. This is Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. And this is episode 84, talking about mindfulness and mindset. I know. I know what you're saying. The last episode was about meditation, and you think I've got some woo-woo thing that I'm going to sell you or whatever. But it isn't like that. Like I said, I'm the poster child for this type of work because... um, I sort of poo-pooed it. I, I ridiculed this stuff for a long time. Meditation, you know, it sounds like a neat thing to do, but what even is it? And the, and the types of people who are spouting, you know, meditation and mindfulness and gratitude and affirmations and yoga and all that stuff, they seem like, a lot of them seem like snake oil salesmen to me. It's like, you know, you can't just do mindfulness, right? Somebody has to teach you and you have to pay them $300 an hour to do it. It's sort of like Dak Shepard said on the Armchair Expert podcast, something to the effect of like, you know, the Bible is a book written for everybody, but how come I have to have a preacher, pastor, whatever, interpret it for me? Like, isn't it available directly to me? (laughs) And that's the cool thing about all these tools is they're available directly to you. And I don't want to sell you anything. I don't want to, um, you know, show you some secret way or whatever uh, but I have found these tools to be useful. I have been, I have gone kicking and screaming, fighting against these things, only to realize that there is some truth. You know, twenty five hundred years of sort of of Buddhism and this type of thought and some of these techniques isn't just BS, right? So anyway, uh, it, it's sort of as it, part of the R versus should problem, how to, things that I've done in my life to change um, my life for the positive. Think, behavior changes, belief systems, small little activities that I've added to my day, cumulatively over time have made a difference. I, I, I used to struggle with anxiety. I used to struggle, and I still do. I mean, not saying... I'm fixed, and that's another element. You know, mindfulness and, and mindset is not going to miraculously cr- turn you into the Rock slash Jeff Bezos or, or whatever. But for me, I wanted less struggle, less discomfort, less anxiety. You know, less sort of sadness and melancholy in my life. I wanted more calm, more joy, uh, more actualization. You know, just just small things, improvements to whatever the status quo was that I had. And it turns out a lot of this stuff was really in my head. And if you're like me, and sort of analytical, maybe a little intellectual, smart, educated, you know, people that rely too much on this wonderful thing up here that is our brain and mind tends to have similar problems, right? We we. Th- Think that thinking gets us some sort of um, um, power level, power level up, or power level up, or some benefit in our daily lives, and to a great extent, it probably does. You know, we can figure out uh, how to make more money, or how to li- uh, you know live more easily and easily navigate through some of the more difficult. Um, practical, pragmatic aspects of being a human being, you know, like paying your bills on time and not getting finance charges on your credit cards and, you know, getting a good rate on your mortgage or finding whatever. But there's also some downsides. You know, having a busy monkey mind is not a helpful thing in as much as, you know, if you wake up at 2.30 in the the morning 
you can't get back to sleep because you're ruminating over all these terrible things that might happen in your day tomorrow. You know, being able to master your mind, if you are one of these sort of intellectual analytical thinkers, is critical. And that's sort of where I'm coming from. I was that, that guy. I thought that my brain was my superpower. And uh, because I was so smart, I was going to be able to have some better life or something. And, and, and it turns out, I'm not, you know, maybe that's true. I'm educated. I could have had a good career if I wanted one. Uh, but, but, it, but, but the downsides are dark and people don't talk about them very much. And so that's where I'm, where I'm coming at this. And so last time we talked about meditation and sort of uh, the idea that spending some time trying to direct or focus your awareness away from the monkey mind chatter can actually help you develop a skill just like working out helps you build your muscles to redirect your awareness and attention at times of struggle in your life. Like that 2.30 in the morning time, that's a big one for me. You know, I was waking up in the middle of the night, which, you know, before kids, I don't think I ever woke up in the middle of the night. <laughs> I went to bed at night and I got up in the morning. Um, and for some reason, that's a dark time for a lot of people. Uh, you, th- That's when worry happens and, and stress and all that I don't know why lying in the bed in the dark can lead us to to think thoughts that are not helpful. But being able to not do that is huge. And, uh, you know, being able to meditate taught me how to just, you know, when I would wake up. Now when I wake up in the middle of the night and I feel, you know, I feel myself starting to think about unpleasant things, I just insert my meditation practice and go, oh, let me breathe deeply. And now nine times out of 10, I'm asleep within minutes and don't even realize it. That right there is enough evidence, proof, proof isn't a thing, um, evidence, encouragement, incentive to keep doing this kind of thing. And that's a promise I can make to you that through, by doing some of these practices like meditation and being mindful. Okay, so that's but you know six minutes into a show about mindfulness, I'm talking about mindfulness. So mindfulness to me is sort of taking what you do in meditation, which is you know tr- intentionally choose what you're paying attention to, and try to make that neutral and at least not negative, if not outright positive, which is also an option. But to choose where your awareness is going and what your brain is doing. And less is generally the idea. Mindfulness is simply doing that on a regular basis, right? Walking through your life and driving to the store or going to work or being at work or going for a jog or hanging out with your wife and spouse and kids. Mindfulness is sort of like remembering what you do in meditation and sort of applying that to your waking awareness, to your everyday awareness and choosing what your brain is doing as if you have control over it. And maybe you do, maybe you don't. But it certainly is a part of you. It isn't you. And that's the first case, the first sort of step in all this is when you stop and hear yourself talking to yourself, that isn't you. That's your brain. You are the one listening to that crap or good stuff, depending. You know, maybe it's like, what's on my grocery list today? Okay, I'm going to make spaghetti tonight, so I'm going to use my noodles and sauce and... That's those are positive things, but that isn't you. That's some internal dialogue, some automatic running program, some nervous impulses and energy that can be used for good or evil. And it can certainly end up being evil when you think about things like depression, anxiety, 
rumination and, 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 and that struggle. And what we would rather have in there is calm and peace and joy. And so mindfulness is your waking, everyday reminder to yourself that you can do those things. That if there's things going on in your brain that you don't like, you can actually do something about it. And I'm not saying if you're worried because your your parent is sick and they're in the hospital and you don't know how they're going to be, I'm not saying you should just shut that off and think about puppies and unicorns which a lot of times is how I hear this stuff when you read about it or see it on the internet. I'm just saying, remind yourself that you don't have to blow that out of proportion. You don't have to turn it into something it isn't. You don't have to ruminate and make it worse. You can just say, this is sad and this is scary and this is something I'm going to have to deal with. And feeling these things is important. And so you're choosing the activity up here. You are the boss. It's sort of like parents, right? This is your monkey. This is your four-year-old boy bouncing off the walls, and you want him to calm down a little bit. You actually have a little bit of control over that versus some parents who just sort of say, give up and, and don't even try. And some of this, it's not easy to control, and, it, and we don't want to think about it like control because it's, I, personally, I don't like that model. You're just trying to direct it gently and remind yourself this isn't you, and this is something that's happening that you can choose to deal with in one way or the other. And then mindset is is sort of that idea with a direction, right? Mindfulness is the idea that you can remind yourself that you are aware of your brain and not the other way around, and that you can actually poke and prod that in certain in in a, in a better direction or choose to change its direction to a certain mindset. And if you if you've read a lot of we've read a lot of things a lot of things about mindset um, I think it's Carol Dweck who talked about the fixed mindset versus the versus the growth mindset whereas uh, the fixed mindset is people that don't think anything is going to change. They can't do anything about the way that things are and so they sort of end up in that rut of rumination and generally more often than not thinking negatively about the way things are. Versus a growth mindset that says, I'm learning, I'm new, I'm making myself available to the world uh, to open myself to change, whatever form it may be, and that I'm always a student, and I don't always know everything, and that things I'm open to change. And so certainly we would argue that we want to be more of a growth mindset than a fixed mindset, but I don't even really want to talk about specific concepts of mindset, more the general idea that you choose the flavor of your brain and what you can be thinking about. This could be, you know, a success mindset, a money mindset, a love mindset. You know, what is it I want in my life? And this gets opens the door for lots of things like the secret uh, that I, I'd rather not go into. But um, more than anything, I would I think the word attitude sort of describes this best because it's something we all grew up with regardless of whether or not meditation and mindfulness and this stuff was sort of on your radar. You know, I grew up in the 70s and this wasn't really a thing. Meditation is something the Beatles at best did, you know, um, or hippies. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't in our, in our vernacular or something that everyday people could do. And, and all I'm trying to do is try to illustrate the point that it, sh- that it ought to be. <laughs> this ought to be something they teach us in like third grade. Uh, and 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 in a way that doesn't present it as this like weird guru uh, yoga type of thing. 
So your attitude going through the day is a simple choice, you know. I I am a pretty I human beings tend toward negativity because think about it. It's a bias that helps defend ourselves from danger. And so I think we spent a lot of our hundreds of thousands of years of Homo sapiens evolution, you know, being ready and aware and in a mindset of defense so that we would live. <laughs> and sort of, you know, what if I run out of food? It's a pretty good incentive and motivator to make sure you have enough food. Uh, and so I would say that our brain, and many people say our brains tend toward a negativity bias. But I was pretty negative. I, mean, I, was, I was a, and of course I couched this in terms of a, um, if you expect the worst uh, and things end up being a little bit better than terrible, then you can call that a success. But that is, I'll tell you, no way to live. I would much rather be disappointed and let down a little bit than always spending time thinking things are going to turn up sucky. Um, I can't remember. There's another. There's another colloquialism to describe that sort of thing. But I think you know what I'm talking about, where you sort of assume the worst case scenario. Um, that's that's a negativity bias. Now, same sort of thing. That's an attitude. I'm going through my day. I'm in a mindset of well, things are probably not going to work out. I'm probably going to be disappointed. And, oh, self-fulfilling prophecy. And so, you know what? Generally speaking, even if something good happens, if you're in that mindset, if you're full, your mind is full of expectations for things not working out, if your attitude is one of negativity, you're more likely to notice when things are bad and then, and then insert confirmation bias and go, see, I told you life sucks. I was right. Might as well think that all the time. Um, and it's even in the flip side is, or, or along with that, and then it's also harder to recognize when something good happens because we're very likely to sort of make that fit into and confirm our bias, right? Even if something positive happens, you go, well, yeah, that girl winked at me and thought it was cute, but you know, she was probably had something in her eye and she's probably making fun of me. You know, you, it's just your automatic pilot program is going to urge and shove and support you going into a direction that continues the same condition of negativity. That's mindset. Mindset is not walking around and saying, I'm great, I'm great, I'm the best, I'm so sexy and handsome, and you know, you might be 450 pounds, and, and you believe that you're only 150 pounds, and, and maybe that's a good thing, um, but it's not going to make it accurate. And so I'm not talking about lying to yourself. I'm not talking about faking it until you make it. But this is where you can see the similarity in somebody using that sort of phrase to describe this condition. You're not faking anything. You're gently urging yourself in your mind to maintain a position that is more positive than negative, right? It's a a suggestion, and it's a reminder that this is something that you want to do. It's just like a diet. It's just like a workout. You don't want to go to the gym to work out. You don't want to eat the salad for lunch. You'd much rather lay on the couch all day, and you'd much rather kill that bag of Doritos and eat a bucket of ice cream. But you remind yourself, and maybe you don't feel um, like you don't like your body. Maybe you don't feel... um, um, like uh, you want to be skinnier or whatever or healthier, right? In that moment, you don't have that motivation, but you can remind yourself that, generally speaking, you have a mindset, 
of wanting to be healthier. And so even though you don't feel like that right now, you can gently nudge yourself and say, oh, I'm just going to put my shoes on. I'm just going to walk, go for a walk instead of having a snack, whatever it is. Just gently remind myself because I, I, I trust that by focusing on this, I can maintain it. I can, it, can, it can go from a mindfulness idea to a mindset or condition that is more habitual and less difficult to stay in. And that's the cool part about this. When you employ these tiny little steps, again, just like a diet and just like a workout regime, it's the same thing. You know, it's, it's the same, same thing as, as a physical thing, only it's not physical. It's mental or emotional. It's metaphysical. You remind yourself of why you want this and that these tiny little things are going to add up to make the real changes and you trust the process. And that's, that's the beauty of this stuff is I think it is worthy of your trust. There is enough evidence out there to suggest that going through your life intentionally by paying attention to your awareness and prodding your mind in a direction that is different than the one that you are automatically habituated to go into, because that's not your fault. That's part of domestication. You know, we have a a tendency toward negativity bias, and you grew up in a very defensive way due to childhood trauma, probably. Even if it wasn't real trauma, you were bullied, you were told things, you didn't understand things, and you developed these strategies to protect yourself that were more negatively negative biased in that direction. You can change all of those things. It isn't easy. It isn't smoking. There's no silver bullet. There's no smoking gun. You're not going to snap your fingers. You're not going to pay somebody $5,000 a minute to show you how to do this. But by using these age-old techniques, you can do it. And, and of course, all of this, this idea of focusing your awareness in a direction that you like or you would like to like or that you long for or that you realize is better than the one that you're in. For example, a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, a positive mental attitude versus a negative mental attitude, um, self-discipline versus you know the lack of self-discipline. Um, the big one that we always talk about that's going to sound super woo-woo, like I got something to sell you, is gratitude. And along with that, the idea of daily affirmations. You know, by one of the most powerful techniques we can use, and I'm not very good at this, but I have seen evidence for it and I am making efforts to change my attitude are the old Stuart Smalley's, right? I'm good enough. I'm smart, smart enough and doggone it. People like me. That's a lot like fake it till you make it. But what it really is like is like lifting weights. If you can do daily affirmations in the mirror, which I admittedly do not do because I still feel weird about it, but I sense and have experienced the power of similar things. And I'm working on ways to develop my own techniques by reminding yourself that you are a decent person, just the, the fact that you were born and you are alive is evidence that you matter and that you are important. The idea is like my, um, my um, um, uniqueness imperative, the idea that your DNA has survived millions of years of evolution. You are here as a result of hundreds of thousands of years of your ancestors survive, surviving to be alive. That that. That, that, that is all evidentiary, or that is evidence that you indeed matter and your existence is important in the world. And the fact that you are alive um, is worthy of you deciding or of believing in yourself. Um, and so whatever you have to do to create this space to fight against that negativity bias, 
to remind yourself that, no, you're not a loser. You do matter. Um, you are good at things. You know, you may not be have as big a nice a butt as Kim Kardashian or be built like The Rock or as rich as Jeff Bezos, but why are you even, what, that, they're not you and you're not them. That's something else. And you're not, you don't see the downsides to that. You don't see the, yeah, that, that's a silly thing. And so another part of mindfulness is, you know, is, is directing your attention away from those types of comparisons that just don't do anybody any good. And so affirmations are a way to do this. Affirmations are a way to, to, to tell yourself things to fight against that built-in negativity stuff that we do to ourselves subconsciously every day. I mean, you think about it. It's like, it's like, you were, um, it's like your body is conserving calories all day through rest. And you're eating the same kind of diet. Um, so your net calorie gain on a daily basis is going to lead, lead you to gain weight. Uh, one way to fight against that pattern is to exercise, right? To actually burn the calories so that you don't store them as fat or whatever it is. Your, our natural tendency is to have thoughts that go along with our domestication and our negativity bias, which are going to pull us down, keep us in the ruts that we're in, and maintain the status quo, because that equals safety. What you can do to combat that is to direct your attention and your awareness on a regular, through a regular practice regime like mindfulness, meditation, um, awareness, attitude, affirmations, and then finally, the word that we don't like to say is gratitude. Gratitude is an excellent way of just sort of saying, yeah, you know, I know my foot hurts really bad uh, because I bought shoes that were too small, but I really liked them. But you know what? I can afford to buy shoes. That doesn't bring you any satisfaction, right? It's like, yeah, I know I failed miserably at this task, but, you know, I woke up this morning and ate my Cheerios. Those things don't seem, they seem stupid, but they work. And the point is, you know, not to not to give yourself a trophy for every little tiny dumb thing that you do. Like I always said, you know, you don't tell a 20-year-old, oh, you went pee-pee on the potty, that's so great. No. I mean, at certain certain times you just do the things that you do. But if you're trying, if you're making an effort, if you're self-aware, if you're paying attention, these are all huge elements of what it means to be an adult, a healthy, successful adult who recognizes and appreciates the achievements of their ancestors and values their place on earth and the fact that they're alive, those are all good things. If you are kind to your wife or not mean to your spouse or, you know, it took some time to pay attention to your kids, these are all good things that we don't reward ourselves for. We're not good at recognizing when we're good. We're really, really good at pointing out when we're less than good. And so you've got to create some system to balance that out, or you're all you're just going to sink further and further into the cesspool of hell. And I think that's a, a a way that a lot of us get into these ruts. Um, in a way, and, and I'm not again, I'm not saying you go, yeah, you know, I I I got COVID or I've got cancer, but I'm still going to maintain a positive attitude. You know that that. Or, 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 but I'm still an amazing person that's going to live forever. That may be absurd, but you, you know, what are the alternatives to wallow in self pity or to get on with your life and, and to do the best you can with what you have? You know, it truly is, 
You know, the, the death as an advisor is one of the most brilliant things I've read about, and I got it from the Toltecs, but lots of the spiritual belief systems have a, a similar thing. And I just do the sort of, when I'm lying on my deathbed, what will I feel about this? Oh, maybe this problem isn't as big as I thought it was. Or may, maybe I will look back and say, dude, you really should um, have made, and I hate the word should, you, you really could have made that situation better. You know, Chris, you you, should, you could have spent less time, you know, worrying about the fact that you don't have a job and you don't earn a whole lot of money. But you could have focused on the idea that you were really lucky to get to spend so much time with your family and to be able to be a part of their lives in that way, right? Same exact thing. What What's the better way to do it? You know this stuff. If you could step far enough back and take that observer perspective, like I talked about last time, you can see the way that you want to, would would prefer to behave in a given situation where there are multiple ways of reactions. You know this stuff. We we're good at this stuff. We are naturally skilled at this, except for domestication and a negativity bias. And those are the things we're working against by doing things like meditation and being mindfulness and maintaining a mindset. And so what I, what I do during the day, I think the most brilliant thing that's arisen in the last couple of years of me doing this kind of work is that I am aware of what I'm doing in these transactions we make every day with ourselves and with other people. If you're ordering food at the drive-thru, you know, there's a, I, I now have a moment where I see that I have a choice. If somebody says something rude, I didn't get my straw, you know, I have a, I have a choice about how I'm going to react. And more time, and, and, and also as a result, I know how I want to react in order for A, me to maintain my calm and peace and not get worked up. I know I don't want to do that. And B, to be kind to my community and fellow person. I know what that is, and I'm more able to do that on a daily basis because of things like meditation, mindfulness, awareness, observer perspective, and and all this. We'll continue to work on this next week. I I hope that you find this stuff helpful or at least supportive of what you already know and uh, that you'll stick with me on this journey because there's a whole lot more to come. Uh, I'm Chris Bircher. This has been Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom, Episode 84, Mindfulness and Mindset. I will see you next week. Thanks, and take it easy.